With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get excited, get familiar, because from 2pm tomorrow, the first test at Mount Monkanui gets underway. Tim Southey and Gary Stead against Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes. It doesn't get better than this. We've been made to wait for this Kiwi summer of cricket to kick back off. And to talk all about it, we've got Talk Sport UK cricket editor and presenter of Following On Cricket Podcast, John Norman, joining us on the programme. John, thank you so much for your time today uh, and welcome to beautiful New Zealand. How's your first week and a bit been well yeah thank you very much yeah well it is beautiful isn't it it's a picturesque scene here at Mount Monganui today not less so in the last couple of days uh, we had to bunker down but obviously there were some pretty serious uh, scenes up and down the country so uh, you know thoughts with everyone affected in that regard but uh, yeah I mean we're, we're just pleased to be able to uh, to get a bit of cricket um, you know underway the, the ground here at Mount Monganui at the Bay overlooks absolutely spot on i cannot believe that we've had a cyclone whipping through this part of the world over the last uh, few days um i think the ground is as it would be if we if it had been baked in the sun for a week it's absolutely pitch perfect and uh, we're just all getting set for the game getting underway tomorrow now john obviously we'll talk about that game very soon but i guess one of the great things that we look forward to when uh, the england team comes to town is obviously the media but more importantly the barmy army uh, what sort of numbers that can we expect there uh, from the first ball? Well, yeah, we're expecting, you know, a few thousand to, to have made it over. I mean, and the, the majority of those who've arrived in the last few days have got some stories to tell as well because, <laughs> you know, there's been some pretty serious journeys that have taken place. You know, we spoke to a couple of people who were stranded in San Francisco a couple of days back. Um, speaking to uh, Chris Millard, who's the managing director of the Barmy Army today, he was saying how the, the trumpeteer has taken four flights today just to make it to New Zealand. So it just gives you an idea of the lengths that people go to to come and support English cricket abroad. And you can't get any further, really, than New Zealand, can you? So, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the numbers that make it here will probably be swelled on days two and three. I think there will be some people who missed day one. But, um, yeah, you can expect them to be in good voice when they do arrive because, uh, yeah, they've, uh, they've certainly gone to uh, you know, extraordinary, extraordinary lengths to get here. Now, John, uh, Tim Southey confirmed today that Blair Tickner uh, will make his test debut at Bay Oval tomorrow. Uh, could England throw any selection curveballs at us, do you think? Anything we're no, not expecting? No, I don't think so. No, no, it's uh, Ben Stokes named the team. He's um, is as you'd expect. Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, Ollie Robinson with Jack Leach as the spinner. Ben Stokes will bowl a few overs as well if required. Um, and it's uh, you know it's a strong-looking England lineup. You know, uh, New Zealand have really been rocked by um, by injury and mm. uh, obviously the situation surrounding Trent Bolt. Who, you know, he, he lives close here, doesn't he? Maybe he'll come <laughs> and watch. But uh, it's a it's a shame though. You know, you want to see the best versus the best and. That's I right. think we all really feel for Carl Jameson, that's for sure. We were looking forward to seeing him um, get back into action. Um, one of our team here in uh, New Zealand, Steve Harmison, former fast bowler, um, you know, double Ashes winner, number former number one in the world. And 
you know, fast bowling takes its toll. So mm-hmm. he certainly had a lot of sympathy when the news came through that Jameson set for another spell, you know, on the sidelines. Don't rub it in about Trent there, John. No, we're we're mm. barely getting over it ourselves. Uh, but w- when you talk about the withdrawals and, I guess, the no Trent, for you in your mind, you know, putting obviously uh, where, you, where you come from aside, you think this is England's game? Their favourites going into this now, especially with the late withdrawals of Jamison and, and Matt Henry? I think so. You know, England come into it in real form. Um, they haven't had much of a warm-up. There's not been a lot of cricket, but so that might that might bite them. You know, if if New Zealand bat well and England have to bowl, at, you know, bowl at them long into days three and four, that that's probably New Zealand's best chance of of forcing a victory. I mean, you never know an inspired spell here or a uh, you know an incredible batting performance there. I mean, Daryl Mitchell and uh, Tom Blundell had a terrific summer in the UK last year, and very unfortunate to be on the losing end. So. You know, there's certainly danger there from a, from an English perspective looking at New Zealand. But when you consider that New Zealand, or rather England, have just come from a 3-0 win in Pakistan. They've won nine tests out of ten uh, since Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum took over. Um, and the fact that essentially on another day, New Zealand would be fielding a completely different uh, bowling attack. You've, you've, you've just got the feeling that uh, England go into this as favourites. Now, John, Beaver's a bit of a tipster, and he's just tipped us all a $12 shot for the test to end in three days. Realistically, what are your expectations of how this thing's going to play out? Is he getting his $12 shot? Um, I don't know. I mean, the toss is going to be, you know, pretty big, isn't it? Say England bat first, you know, for the test to be over in three days, then England are going to have to probably bat once. You know, whether they bat first or second, that's that's the only real way you're going to see a three three game, three day game. The other thing is, you know, how, you know, the, the pink ball, England have been quite critical of it. It's not swinging much. So if it doesn't swing, that's n- going to negate quite a hefty part of England's armory and will make batting easier, of course. But the flip side is, you know, there has been a lot of rain in and around. The pitch has been under covers for a long time. Um, the day night aspect of things as well. And the fact that, you know, New Zealand are coming into this undercooked as well. So, yeah, I, I reckon probably late day four, if you're going to be, if you're going to push me towards a bet. But I'm a terrible tipster. So anything I say <laughs> won't happen will. Now, John, James Anderson came out a few days ago uh, and I guess highlighting the attitude under Baz and, and Ben Stokes is they'd be prepared to forfeit innings to, uh, to get things rolling along. From a New Zealand point of view, what's... How do we how do we beat England? Do we bring them into a game which, I guess, intentionally or unintentionally, slows it down and frustrates? Or is England now in a space where they just don't get bogged down? Well, you know, they do say in cricket, your greatest strength can be your greatest weakness, and you know that this kind of uh, high tempo, uh, all action approach to batting is going to have to backfire at some point. Maybe it will backfire here, so that could be something. Um, I don't think England really get frustrated. I don't think grinding them into the dirt is really a way to win in so far that it's not going to make England change the way they play their game. But I just think from a New Zealand perspective, you've just got to take the game as long as you can. You know, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, Ollie Robinson as well. They haven't bowled a lot of overs in the last couple of months. You know, they've only had two-day warm-up. 
get, uh, you know, put the pressure back on them in that regard. You know, when Jack Leach comes on to bowl, are you going to sit back and let him bowl at you? Or are you going to try and smash him out of the attack to mean that England have got to bring back their fast bowlers before they're ready? I think that's really the approach. So I think that, uh, you know, I think New Zealand have got to be a little bit uh, positive in their outlook. I'm not saying get Basball plays, takes on Basball, but, you know, certain moments in the game when they've got the advantage, they need to press at home. The, the other thing I'll say is, you know, England won 3-0 last summer, but in all three games, New Zealand were in position or in a, in a position where they could have won the game themselves. They were robbed of a lot of luck, you know, the Grandhomme getting injured, Cole Jameson getting injured. Um, there was a couple of really dodgy selections as well along the way. You know, Patel bowled two overs at Lord, so essentially wasn't was, was you know wasn't required. So, you know, it wasn't quite as clear cut as I think that three 0 scoreline suggests. So, I reckon New Zealand would be better, but um, you know, England are England are on a roll. It's going to be very difficult to knock them off their course. And just talking about England, obviously. We know we know the names that have been around for years, who have been here well and truly before. Is there anyone who's sort of emerged under the Bears regime that will catch the eye that I guess a lot of us, the sporting public here in New Zealand, may not have uh, seen before out here? Not with the ball, but with the bat. Just keep an eye on Harry Brook. I mean, the way people are talking about him, he could be one of the, the game's greats. Um, he was player of the series in the Tests and the T20s. Um, in Pakistan. He was part of the T20 World Cup winning squad in Australia. Um, he only made his debut for England at the back end of last summer. So that's quite a CV for someone who's only played four tests. Uh, I think he averaged 92 or something in Pakistan. And he doesn't score his run slowly. I mean, he is ridiculous. I think you might have seen in the warm-up, he, he, he hit one of the spinners from the New Zealand 11 for five sixes in the Noda. So, yeah, keep an eye on Harry Brook. And, oh, Ben Duckett at the top of the order, he's no slouch either. <laughs> we love it. You're a class act. Thank you so much for coming on uh, the show, John, and enjoy the action from Bay Oval. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much. John Norman joining us there from Talk Sport UK. He has, he has their cricket editor. He also hosts a podcast. So go and look that cricket podcast up online. It's called Following On. Uh, it's available where you get all your good podcasts from. And he certainly knows a thing or two. Some interesting stories there. Uh, up next, we hear from Ben Stokes, who fronted media in Mount Monganui today. Of course, the skipper underneath Brendan McCullum in this England side.